Welcome to HIPAA Talk. Total HIPAA Compliance, host of this podcast, helps health insurance agents, employers who offer health benefits plans, business associates, and healthcare providers complete the required HIPAA documentation through our HIPAA Prime service. We also provide online HIPAA training. Drew Green, the Director of Information Technology and Security Services for Thomas, Judy, and Tucker, a North Carolina-based CPA and professional services firm, talks with Jason Karn, Chief Compliance Officer for Total HIPAA. Mr. Green discusses what a company can do right now to improve their security. He also describes the coolest hack he's ever completed. I would like to leave people with a, you know, sort of like things they can do you know, low-hanging fruit, things they can do right now that would help help uh, improve their security stance? Uh, number one, if you don't have antivirus, get it. Uh, it doesn't necessarily stop a dedicated attacker, but it does stop a lot of low-hanging fruit out there. And if you don't have it, you're basically going to fail any type of compliance uh, check that might be out there. So number one, make sure you have basic that and all the basics. But uh, assuming everybody is already covering that, you know, uh, two-factor authentication uh, is probably the easiest, well, easiest is not the right word, but it's one of the most effective ways to secure an organization from an attacker. Um, by requiring employees to uh, enter a second code, either via text message or maybe via uh, an app on their phone, uh, if they're trying to access some kind of sensitive system or, say, access the network via VPN or any type of other remote means, uh, having that second form of authentication is very, very helpful. Now, unfortunately, that doesn't exist for every little thing out there. Uh, there's a company called Duo Security that I recommend. Uh, they have a really great solution that integrates with lots of different uh, products out there, like Microsoft Remote Desktop and Windows Logon and Microsoft Exchange Webmail, and uh, those are all Microsoft things, but uh, it, lots of other uh, vendors' products as well. Um, now, it, it does come at a cost. I believe the lowest service tier they offer comes in at $3 a month per person, which, depending on the size of your organization, could become a large expense. Uh, but it does, it does add a, you know, an extra layer of protection that is very effective. Um, now, the caveat to that is that it doesn't integrate into everything. For example, if I'm on uh, my workstation and I need two-factor authentication to log on to this machine, that's great. But if I want to access another machine through the command line using uh, PowerShell remoting, which is a, a way a lot of uh, businesses might manage servers or uh, workstations, uh, it doesn't protect against that. So basically, if somebody's already on the computer, uh, they might be able to get into other stuff without the two-factor authentication. Uh, so these are the types of things you need to consider when selecting, say, a security product like this. Is uh, you know it's advertised as protecting all these different things, but are there any holes to that? And it's not because the product is, uh, you know, deficient. It's just uh, well, I'm not sure how you would add two-factor authentication to the thing I was describing. So right. uh, uh, p people out there uh, 
are you know working on those types of problems right now, but um, really looking around at what products are out there and weighing the costs and pros and cons of uh, one vendor versus another is is really vital. Uh, so yeah, I would say two-factor authentication number one after covering your antivirus and have a firewall. <laughs> that that kind of low-hanging fruit, but uh, two-factor is uh, is going to be your best bet. Any, uh, I mean, there's some some of those sites out there. What is it like? Uh, know before, like trying to basically do some social engineering, looking to test your employees for phishing attacks, that kind of stuff. What, how do, how do you feel about that? From a technical standpoint, I think what I mentioned about the two factors, the best probably new thing they could implement, but uh, mm -hmm. patching all of your systems, yeah, definitely make sure that is all up to date. But, uh, you know, from a, uh, from a human side of things, yeah, know before, uh, in particular, uh, the online uh, security training organization, and they offer phishing assessments and training videos and uh, quizzes for your employees and ways to keep track of all that. They're fantastic. And uh, yeah, security aware awareness training is probably, uh, it's, it's at the top of my list of things I recommend to my clients uh, because uh, it's not up to one man or one small department of IT workers to secure the organization. It's the responsibility of everybody. And if you don't mm -hmm. invest in the education of your employees, uh, you, you can't be surprised when something bad happens. Okay. Now, I have something completely separate to ask you here, I thought, earlier on. And this is totally me just geeking out here. What's the coolest hack you've ever devised? Like one of the ones you're the most proud of. The the coolest hack I I think I did was uh, finding access to a server in a remote office that I wasn't even aware of, uh, connected over a VPN. Uh, they have something called uh, out of band management, which is basically a backdoor into a server that allows you to uh, access. Uh, the keyboard and mouse and obviously the screen and see all that. But you can also do things as advanced as, say, powering the device on or off and even uh, updating things remotely. Uh, so if a server crashes or you need to provision a server from across the world, you can do it uh, via this out-of-band management technology. So uh, the caveat to that is you have to secure that because if you don't, somebody can get in and have full control of the server. So uh, I discovered a server in a remote office that I didn't even know about that didn't have this out-of-band management technology secured, and I was able to log into this server using a username and password I had stolen through some other uh, fairly cool means. Uh, this was, uh, without getting too deep into the details there, this was the one server I could actually use these credentials on because uh, of various controls that were in place. Uh, so I, mm -hmm. I got into this system, and while I didn't have a password to get into the virtual machines that were on it, I should mention this was a Hyper-V host. A, basically, it hosted other servers, other virtual machines on there. So I could log on to the main server, but I couldn't log on to the virtual machines, the other servers that it had. However, I did have access to the, uh, the C drive of this system, which had the VHD file, which is uh, stands for virtual hard disk, 
which basically, you know, you have your hard disk in a computer. It's got all your information. Well, for virtual machines, you have a uh, a virtual hard disk, and it's just, it's just a file. So uh, I was able to access this file that had all the information of this virtual machine and actually copy that to my machine over a well, relatively fast VPN. That was nice. It only took a couple hours. Right. And uh, once I had that, I was able to, I, it's the same as if I had physical access to a server, uh, if I walked up and pulled the hard drive out. So I could then extract what's called the SAM file, which is a uh, file that contains uh, uh, security information like uh, passwords, password stuff for local accounts on a Windows machine. So not your domain active directory stuff, but the local administrator account. It's got, it doesn't have the password in plain text, but it has what's called a hash, a cryptographically uh, uh, morphed, I suppose, version of a password on there. I was able to extract that and use, leverage some hacking tools to gain access just using that hash uh, to the virtual machine that had uh, that was running on this server in the remote office. So once I got onto that virtual machine, I had uh, administrator level access, uh, and I was then able to see, oh, one of the uh, IT employees was logged onto this server at one point and didn't log out. So I was able to leverage some uh, other hacking tools to pull the password of that user out of the RAM of the system, out of memory. And <laughs> now I had a uh, now I had an account that was valid on their uh, domain, on their you know Active Directory system. Uh, and it just so happened that this system had domain administrator, basically full administrative access to everything in the organization. So from there, I was able to do whatever I wanted. Wow. Yeah, remind me never to piss you off. <laughs> we hope you enjoyed this installment of HIPAA Talk. If you have any questions you would like to communicate with our experts, you can find us on Twitter at TotalHIPAA or our website, www.totalhipaa.com or email us at info at totalhipaa.com.